would like to call this commission meeting to order. Uh, I'd like to welcome all those that are visiting and are here. So I see many familiar faces as well. So grateful uh, for the time that you have here. Um, so first item, well, I guess the second item is the approval of the May 10th minutes. We have a motion to approve the minutes. All right, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? All right. For those that are here, um, this is an opportunity for any public comment for items that are not on the agenda. If there are, are items on the agenda, uh, then we'll address those and provide opportunities when we come to those items. Yes, if you want to come up. If, you go ahead. Yeah, go for it. For items not on the agenda, if you just want to state your name. I'm Sue Crockrow, yeah. um, and I'm representing City Park Pool Back to the Future. First of all, um, I wanted to thank Julie and Jeff and the City Council members who have met with members of our steering committee to listen to our um, user-focused vision, and, and they've also offered us some most excellent yep. insight. Sorry. It is on the agenda? Oh, no. no. Well, this yeah. isn't going to take three minutes. Okay. I've already timed it, okay. so we're good. Great. Thanks. Okay. Thank Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Down by now, right? I'm a good public engager. I time myself at home. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the people that we've met with have, have offered us some good advice in public engagement, which I, I also appreciate. Um, so our members have been thinking about the public outreach meeting that um, Parks and Rec staff is planning in phase two if council decides to go ahead and rebuild City Park. And Brad Barker referred to it as an open house in his council presentation on June 20th. We have a suggestion regarding its format that we think would benefit the community and bolster the integrity of the public engagement process. Here it is. We're imagining a meeting with breakout groups of community members paired with Parks and Rec Commission members and staff members and design team members. Each group would select a facilitator and a recorder and discuss a common set of guiding questions. For example, an interesting starter question might be, what do you think makes City Park Pool special? What is the essence of the facility? Subsequent questions could focus more directly on user and design issues. After a predetermined amount of discussion time, a spokesperson from each table could share salient points with the group at large. The advantages of this uh, format are one, community members would have the opportunity to hear one another's ideas about the needs of a new pool. Two, community members would feel heard that they have participated in the process in an authentic way. And three, staff and consultants would have the opportunity to hear community ideas in a setting that has allowed dialogue, thus better informing the design process. If the process works, we could have another one following the presentation of the three pool designs. I'm contacting you or, or speaking to you about this now rather than waiting until September because I know that phase two plans will get quickly locked into place and it would be too late to get input regarding public engagement. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
I pattern myself too. Okay. <laughs> you You're all going to be pros. <laughs> My name's Ann Stapleton, and I'd like to welcome new commissioners McPherson, Brogé, I probably was pronouncing it next time. I'd also like to thank Gabe for his help this past week, and always your attitude and Jenna hardworking and excellent life for her. I'm here because I'm a solution-oriented person. The challenge is that there really is no problem with RAL pool. Yet for the past 19 months, administrators have only allowed access to RAL pool in limited hours, currently Monday through Friday at a 2.75 to our period, plus Saturday until noon and Sunday evening. Thus, I'd like to remind you that RAL pool is a treasure. And I'd like to offer solutions to many problems created by the current hospital schedule. First, Ariel is beloved by Iowa City and the 1100 who signed documents last summer supporting the maintenance and improvement of the pool and the local exposure. The survey respondents and the gathered here recreation facilities and programs master plan who ranked aquatics number one above all other program enrollments in the period reported and preferred downtown central location noting Ariel's accessibility. And the consistently robust population that uses RAL when permitted. I've swum with RAL for 37 years or something old. It has always been very popular, and I or other swimmers have had to wait for landing multiple times this summer. Most recently today, when it knew there were 21 swimmers in the six-lane pool. Second, I'd like to offer a simple solution to problems caused by the pool shortage. Limited access to RAL means no downtown swimming for folks after traditional work shifts including families and children. Solution, open REL to the same hours as Mercer, including afternoons. Mercer closes for swim meets, which leaves no indoor pool open. Solution, open REL for the same hours as Mercer, including afternoons. Different standards apply to REL than to Mercer. Lane slide empty at Mercer, eight today when I stopped by after leaving, they filled to capacity REL, yet no threatened closure for cut hours at Mercer. Solution. Open RAL, the same hours as Mercer. Children need to take lessons and practice important swim skills but cannot tolerate Mercer's cold temps. Solution, open RAL for the same hours as Mercer. The numbers provided by staff in your packets don't equate to the actual number of people on the pool at given points in time. Check next month's numbers to my observation of 21 pool users at noon today. Solution, don't base future decisions about limiting hours or closing the pool based on the numbers in your packets. Thank you so much for listening. And please remember, all three pools are jewels. <laughs> that was actually an agenda item, so we didn't stop you, but that's actually for no, later. I so talk about fall. I specifically did not look back on the history, so thank you so much, though. I did take that into consideration. All right, any other public comment? Yes. Uh, is it related to? Is it related to Robert E. Lee? Because we can we we'll do that during our no, public comment. It's related to Robert E. Lee, but it's not an agenda. Okay. Thank you. Hi, my name is Karen Cranham, Iowa City, and I'm here to talk about an issue that I think we all have in common, which is that we want every child in Iowa City to learn how to swim, to know how to swim. And the department and I share that goal, but I'm concerned that the department is missing key opportunities to achieve that goal. When you walk into Robert A. Lee, there's no indication that Parks and Rec offers swim lessons to children. There's not one flyer, there's not one sign. I swim a lot at the family swim nights on Sundays and Saturdays, 
There are so many children who are enjoying the water in life jackets. They love the water, they cancel the stroke. They need to know how to swim for when the life vests aren't available. One way that that can happen is if the availability of swimming lessons were publicized. You could have easels, you could have signage, you could send emails. I have two school-aged children who are in the system who have taken swim lessons. I've never gotten one email from Parks and Rec about swim lessons for my boys. I have gotten it from other Parks and Rec departments. So my question is, if really the commission wants every child to know how to swim, why isn't the commission taking all the steps it could take to publicize this? You have to know who to ask, you have to be able to get online, you have to use ActiveVent, which is a pain. You can have a table on family swim nights. They, you could approach parents and say, your kid is wearing their best. How would you like to pass swim lessons? There are so many things you can do. Last week on Saturday, there was an article in the New York Times about drowning deaths. Drowning deaths are generally lower, but still high for children of color because they don't have swim lessons. This is something this commission, this department could address. So I'm asking you to offer more swim lessons. One thing that I hear sometimes is that the swim lessons are filled up immediately. Wasn't true last March when I was coming to address this body, but there was a form and I have the signups that will show preschool and level two openings. And it's not true now. There are openings in level four, five, and six. And that's because kids are taking the early swim lessons but not persisting to the point of water safety and where they might even become members of swim teams or lifeguards. So what I'm asking, publicize your great swim lessons. All my kids have loved them, I've loved them. They're a jewel, they're a gem. Thank you for doing it and let everybody know about it. Thank you. something that commission actually weighs in on. It's a staff or administrative decision typically. So this isn't something that you are making a recommendation to council on tonight. Council could make, council could ask us to do something different, um, but this is not something typically that has been broached by a commission or council. We added it to the agenda tonight, obviously, because of the amount of public input you've been receiving and we've been receiving. We wanted to get enough chance to get enough time for public input on the item. Um, if you've read the staff report that we are saying that the data doesn't support adding additional hours, but we are looking for you to advise, to give advice to staff. It's not a, it's not a motion second type thing, it's advice from commission to council after you've heard public comment and heard the staff report. Does that make sense to everybody what, what we're doing in this case? Um, we are thankful for the group that has been consistently interested in this topic. Obviously, they've been here talking with you, providing numbers. In our staff report, you'll notice we provided both sets of numbers. 
We've explained many times in the past why the numbers differ. We don't plan to really go into that in detail tonight unless you have specific questions. Um, we would entertain you to use either set of numbers. Our, our staff recommendation stays the same whether you use numbers provided by the advocate group or our, but we're open to listening to what you have to say after we hear that. So I'll let Matt go ahead. Wonderful. Um, again, my name is Matt Heidel. I'm the Assistant Recreational Superintendent of the Parks and Rec. Um, I think one of the reasons why Julie asked me to be here is because I'm actually the person in charge of the customer service staff at both Robert and the Parks and um, I'm also the person who actually holds the number for the open swing times. Um, since September 2022, um, the Robert Daly's had uh, open hours Monday through Friday, 6.15 to 9 and 11 to 1. Uh, Saturdays open swim 6.15 to 3. Um, and then Friday and Sunday is our $2 swims, which is 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, currently at Mercer Park Aquatic Center, we're open Monday through Saturday, 6.15 to 8. Uh, Sundays we're open Tuesday and Thursdays now we added 9 to 11 in the mornings of $2 swims. Um, since October 2022, we have started taking pool attendance numbers. Uh, pool numbers reported include pool pass scans, daily admissions, uh, special events, private reservations, water fitness classes, swim team counts, uh, water certification classes that are open to the public. Um, some things that are not included are the internal certification classes and insert risk trainings um, that are closed to the general public. Um, this data allows us to see how the facility is being used by the public and the attendance distribution across open hours. Um, I think you guys have in your packet um, the, the different graphs. Um, we have extra copies if anybody can So, um, as you can see from the first graph, it is the Robert Daly average daily pool emission um, from 6.15 until 9 a.m. Um, as you can see, the monthly average has been pretty consistent um, at 17.9 users. Um, also on that report is both the numbers from what we got from ACNET, as well as the numbers and counts submitted by the RALC. Um, the second graph, the Robert Daly average daily pool emission from 11 to 1 p.m. Uh, you can see the monthly average has increased from 12 to 20.2 users. Um, we have noted that in the, the last two months, we have noticed a group of 10 to 13 users utilizing deep end um, during this time versus just the, the lap lines. Uh, the third graph, uh, we'll chart the Mercer Park Aquatic Center average daily attendance from 6 to 9, 9 to 11, and 11 to 1. See the, the 6 to 8 or 9 a.m. average is 22.6. Um, the 9 to 11 a.m. has increased from 19 to 20, 1926. Um, I think that is due to the $2 swim where we see a lot of different groups and families actually come in. Um, they're utilizing more of the shallow end. Um, and then we have the 11 to uh, 1 p.m., which has a slight increase from 12 to 17. Um, based on the data, Julia said the Parks and Rec recommends that the 2023 fall hours of uh, RAL are being consistent with the fall hours of 2022. So what we're looking at is we're setting the hours for basically September through um, the end of winter break. And then we would readjust or re-look at attendance figures generally about November to determine what to do for the next 
semesters out. So that's kind of the time frame that, that we do it by. Um, and we look at it this time of the year because believe it or not, our brochure deadline was like last week. <laughs> so uh, we need to have some decisions made to put it in our brochures. Yeah, are there questions from the commission? Or recommendations from the commission? I'm gonna do that and then do public comments. Oh. Let's do questions from the commission first. Yeah.
Would that have to be five days a week or could it be Monday, Wednesday, Friday? It could be either, yeah. I'm yeah. not supposed to actually answer questions for the public, but yeah. 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 Is there anything that would prevent us from opening a couple days a week, three days a week, two days a week at those extended hours, maybe as a good faith demonstration that we want to make these hours available and use the fall as a, like a, a test to see. certainly can be your recommendation. That's what we're here for, is recommendations like that of what you'd like to see. So, yeah. do, you, do you happen to know if when students, especially when they come back at the start of the school year, do, is there ever a spike in lifeguards because those college students are coming back? Has there ever been any um, analytics that can prove that? I don't have empirical evidence on that, but no. typically no. Okay. And we are really, uh, right about now, I know that the aquatic supervisors are starting to plug in fall schedules. So the students that are either hired or working for us now know their fall schedules. We're plugging that in. Another reason to know what we're going to be, be asking. I mean, regardless of the discrepancy in numbers, um, let's see, I guess Mitzi Reed and, and others make the point of, of the same standard being used for Mercer, since it is three times the size. It would, could you? Sure. I don't know that the size of the pool is actually something that is, is important of a consideration. We look at it on more of a granular level of it's still the same number of lifeguards, whether it's the size of Mercer for lap swim or here for lap swim. Um, the decision in the past has been made based on the overall numbers at Mercer and just keeping that consistently open. So, as I mentioned before, our decision making is not particularly one pool versus another. It's how do we provide a service to the public. We also, of course, look at is it the only game in town for, for lap swimming? And, and obviously, no. Coralville, North Liberty, the university pool. When we look at our overall recreation services, we have to make choices about where is the most use and the most impact of the staffing and the dollars. And that's what part of the original decision to, to cut those hours back. Um, as you see in the charts, we've seen some increase in numbers, and then we're really glad about that. But not as much as you might think um, with the amount of publicity it's been getting. And it's been fairly consistent. So that, that leads to part of our staff recommendation for this. But we're willing to, that's what we're here, is to listen to what, what you'd like to see done. Well, and the recommendation is the 615 to 1 for hour. What, what is the? So uh, the staff recommendation is to keep the hours of the same as they are. So 615 to 9, 11 to 1 for Robert E. Lee, and then the, the uh, return of the evening hours when school starts for Friday and Saturday. I hope I said that right. Um, so I think the main, I don't know, and we'll, you'll have to ask this during when we have public comment, I don't know that anyone is really looking for the one to five hours. Those are pretty low at Mercer as well. There's not a lot happening in either pool during the one to five. I, I really think it's more that nine to 11 window that is what's more under consideration. I could be wrong, but that's that's what we were looking more extensively at. 
we weren't looking like, after four, like five to seven. Uh, school lessons take over here at that oh. point. So the pool's actually pretty full. Oh, I see. But that's when we, uh, we do swim lessons. So Mercer is a pool that's open from, except for swim meets, from that early morning until the end of the evening every day of the week. And then City Park adds hours in the summer, obviously. I wonder, um, as we go into this, uh, will we, is the review that's coming up um, specifically focused on just a city park pool? Um, so, so if we collect data now, we wouldn't necessarily feed into what we ultimately do with our database. Uh, collect data on? Usage. Yeah, so the data, right now we're just looking at operations here, and really the master plan is not coming back to address the further opening, closing of any of the indoor pools until after the city park pool is done. So hopefully by the end of 2025, we'll be through city park and ready to come back in a planning process that would be more full-on planning public input process for the future of both of the indoor rec centers, not just the indoor pools. Um, so you're a couple years away from that. And in the meantime, we said we would continue to monitor the numbers and make operational changes if warranted. So that's that's the question you're looking at right now, is simply that operational um, hours for the fall. Does that make sense? Any other questions from the commission? Then you'll do public comment yeah, we'll and then come back comment. to the commission. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll open it up for a public comment on this topic. because 
if you go to Robert Lee where I go, you're not going to start swimming at 8.40 because you're going to get kicked out at 9 o'clock. But you might go to Mercer at 8.40 because you can swim right through to 1 o'clock. So there's a huge difference between the hours and the pool surface. And I just don't think that the city's own numbers support their recommendations. So what I'm asking is for the Robert A. Lee, num the Robert A. Lee hours to be at least 6.15 to 1 straight through. I also think having it open in the afternoon for people wanting to swim after work would be a great idea. One thing I want to tell you, this is really important. The pool and cat call, great idea, but you have it scheduled at Mercer on a day when Mercer's closed. It's scheduled for the 15th, and Mercer's closed on the 15th. So I'm going to pass this around so you can correct that so you don't have people showing up to the pool and pad crawl at Mercer when it's closed. And that is why you want to have two indoor pools. Um, I'll just address the pool and pad crawl. It's just it's been corrected online. But there are activities happening at Mercer that day, even though the pool is closed. Matt can tell you exactly what's there's. Yeah, so, so we have um, a bunch of uh, water balloons. We have a bunch of activities. We actually have a playable slip and slide that will be uh, staffed by lifeguards. So we all have a couple different water features out there, including the slip and slide. So we will have activities go on out there for people to come to. Next for public comment. Hi, my name is Mark Cannon, and I really didn't plan to talk, but I just have a question. We have been talking and coming here for months, actually years, and we're still talking about the accuracy of these numbers. So I'm not sure what the role of the commission is, but for those of us, I spend two hours a day in that pool, three days a week. I am so important, and I'm not a count. So there's something radically wrong here. When you hear these numbers aren't accurate that we count, and it's like, you know, there's other people that do this. I just say to the commission, what is your role? Why are we still talking about this? Their numbers are numbers, so please, Take your time, delve into this. You've been given, look at that graph. I mean, that's so clear. There are three times size of a pool at Mercer and two more people. Now, there'll be all kinds of people saying, oh, well, that wasn't so last month or whatever. But look at the averages, look at the trends. And then say, why are we still having this conversation? We shouldn't be having it, nor should I have to come and spend two hours of my day, three days a week counting people. This is crazy. Anyhow, that's, that's just, I mean, I'm a little, sorry to be a little emotional about this, but this is craziness. This, there should be some, we should be able to say, what are these numbers? How are we deriving them? And there shouldn't be a ton of caveats as to why we don't count them or have the right numbers. We are literally going to pool and we're doing this. Thank you. Justin Fishbauer, just a quick question for Matt. So we just pulled up the website for the pool and pan crawl day. And we don't see anything about what you talked about out of Mercer. Is that, should it be on, should it be shown on the website that that's an activity? It's on the social media page with the event is where I saw it. So we're just looking at the pool and pan crawl. Right, and so that's where I know it got updated. Been updated yet on the website? I know it's on Facebook. Yeah. 
I just explained, you were listening, but I did just explain why sometimes certain classes are full. The overall program is generally filled. Um, and we would love to offer more. That's a space and staffing and, and larger issue. Uh, trust us, we are 100% between <laughs> about getting kids to learn how to swim um, and doing our best to do that. Um, that I'll answer any other questions. We, I, I just want to, I want to say again that we're really open to discussions on this, and I know it's been a very adversarial, and, and nobody feels worse about that than staff. Um, but we're also entrusted with giving you um, solid operating decisions as well. So we open it up to you at that point. Are there any additional questions from the commission or recommendations as well? Not at this time. So. The, uh, the people you talk about that are at Robert A. Lee, like in the deep end, doing like the swim aerobic stuff like that, would they be included in like private event certifications, stuff like that, that doesn't count towards no. the and those are counted those towards are counted. the total? Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. My recommendation that we extend the hours. Um, yeah, from those two hours in the morning, 9 to 11, I think um, uh, Karen had a, a good point about not wanting to come at 8.40 if it's going to close at 9. Um, I also think, you know, not to quote Field of Dreams, but if you build it, they will come. Um, so maybe it's worth. I also think that Mark made a good point about the dedication of um, the people who've come to speak about this over the last, certainly last year, um, obviously before too, and considering, it seems like, I, I don't know money situation, but it seems like um, maybe it's worth the, the tax dollars. And I don't think it's appeasing just a tiny group of people. I, I think we could be surprised by who else is included in this? Honestly, I would swim. <laughs> I'd keep wanting to go 9 to 11, but it's, it is too bad, and that's why I brought it up at the last meeting. I mean, it's also, I, I do think there's something about, very special about the central location that people have mentioned, and Karen mentioned before. Um, it's, it's a special place. I've never seen more diversity than I, in Iowa City than I have at this rec center. And so I love the merging of people, basketball, country dancing, uh, aquatic center, the lifters. Um, and if there's a way to have more opportunities for that, as another person said in the last meeting a while ago, there are not as many bus lines that go to Mercer either. And a lot of these people who are participating in swimming or conscious of gas use, et cetera, and would be probably inclined to use buses. So that's my, I, I do feel this. I, I kind of agree. We've been talking a lot of hypotheticals for the past year or so about maybe if we open it, more people would come. Maybe there's not the demand for it, but it's really easy, in my opinion. I'm not dealing with the budget and staffing issues, but I would, I would suggest opening from 9-11 one day a week, maybe opening in the afternoon one day a week, and use that as a baseline. So if people, if there's this pent-up demand to come and swim during those hours, 
we should see that. That should be reflected in that one day a week, and then we can take that and make decisions for the future. But it's, it sounds like the cash investment required would be not significant. So if it's a staffing issue, if we can make it happen, I want to see that, at least to collect some additional data instead of always kind of plugging heads about those hypotheticals. Maybe they will come, maybe they won't come. We can find that out easy enough, it seems. I think I'll, I'll probably be pretty much in line with what you're saying. Um, we're seeing both the staff counts and the save RIL group counts are increasing as of right now. Going up and up. I think if you extend, extend those hours like we're talking about, just for this fall into the winter break term, use this almost as a trial period. We're extending the hours. How much does attendance go up? How much, what is the count that we're seeing? If the count stays the same or goes down, then great. We can look at that and say there's some solid proof that extending the hours had no effect on the, the pool in general and the usage of it. But if we see those hours go up, then the argument is there. Have you thought about what extending the hours would look like? Would you do, um, have you done like a scenario like, okay, we would just do it one day a week, um, we would do it every day? Because my thought is if you just do it one day a week, it's kind of a, you know, you don't almost have to do it every day of the week to get a real good look at what it would look like, just given people's schedules and such. Uh, what we try to do is keep the hours consistent. So what I would say that could be, five days a week, it could be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, we'd like to you to give us an idea on that. Doing one day a week might be more difficult just in terms of staffing. Um, a lot of class schedules go Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, so that would be another, another way to probably think about the recommendation in either a three, a two, or a, a five. Based on the numbers. 
can ask one more question? Sure. So um, I don't know exactly what the trial period like. You know, it would be like the actual fall, you know, September 21st to December 21st. Or, um, but I guess my question is just like, what what budget implication? I know it's only, we said $75 yes. per hour. So $75 per, per, per day, hours. approximately. So I'd have to do the math. Um, I think it's worth it for a trial. I don't, I don't see that as being the biggest issue there. Um, and actually, starting dates would probably be the Tuesday after Labor Day, whenever that falls through the beginning of the university's winter break. So I don't know the exact dates of those, but that would be typically what our schedule, like, uh, what we would schedule by. Unfortunately, not going as smoothly, said with 
isn't just about the concrete work as we had hoped. They are actually having to pull out a number of the panels and re-pour those. Not actually that unusual for a project of this scope. Uh, it has to do with getting the right slopes in for ADA standards. So um, a few more weeks at least, uh, and then some more entry work. So actually through the rest of the summer, we'll have some issues. We do have full access to the building. It's just that the front driveway and the close-up parking spaces um, aren't available right now. Hunter's Run Park on the far west side is complete. The playground's in, it's open. Lots of fun out there. Kiwanis and Happy Hollow projects are both waiting on playground equipment deliveries, so we're a little behind on those. The, the, the contractors actually have through October to finish the projects, um, so we still expect it to be done on time. We had just hoped that there would be more work done to date than there has been on that. Uh, Chattic Green Park, uh, if you haven't had a chance to go out and see that since the renovations last year, take a stop by there. Um, the playground is now complete and open, so the playground's up and running, the, the restroom is, is there. We have the elevated accessible garden plots, which are just flourishing, and the gardens themselves are actually very pretty at this time of year, so good time to stop out and see Chattic. Um, yeah, and we're a little behind on the north Hickory Hill shelter and restroom. Uh, lead time is coming from both the producer of the shelter and the restroom are a little behind. So that one, you haven't seen much action up there. It will still be completed this fall. Once, once the materials are here, the turnaround time is probably a matter of weeks. Uh, they just haven't been able to start on that yet. City Park Pool. Um, we are, have had consultants come in and out of town over the last week or so, and we have a, another big meeting with the entire consulting team next week. They've been doing some of their initial testings, and they've done, if you, you may realize, we were closed um, on July 5th, where we were able to shut all the pumps off and watch the water, <laughs> what it did. Uh, it dropped about five and a half inches over 12 hours, which <laughs> is more, a lot more than we'd like to see. Um, because the week before that we were closed due to poor air quality, we had actually taken the opportunity during that closure to do the same thing and the results were the same. So we have two different tests that both show that that's kind of the level. They've come in and done what's called dye testing where they bring in scuba gear and they go around the pool with a little red dye um, to see where it's leaking. A lot of small leaks and a lot of very larger ones in the diving well. Um, I don't have the full report yet, so I don't want to give you the final uh, report on that, but rest assured that it's not holding water very well at the moment. What that means for the recommendations, we don't know yet. Uh, they've also done things like they've asked for all of our uh, accident incident reports for the last two years, which I thought was quite interesting, and they're looking through all of those to see if there's any areas of the pool that have been problematic as far as minor incidents and accidents. Um, they've taken all of our maintenance logs and look, looking through everything that's been done for major projects there for the last 10 years. So just a lot of background information going back and forth between the two groups. Uh, it looks like we're on track for either the August 15th or the first meeting in September is when, the, uh, when we should have a report back to council and they'll be able to make a decision about whether to repair or whether to replace city park. So we'll update you on that when we have an actual date for which council meeting that's going to go to. But there's a lot of behind the scenes work going on to make that happen. Um, and then the final thing on the commission, Dolores Mixon, as you notice, is not here tonight. You will see her in the building, though. 
she's working for us now. So she resigned from commission to take a paid job with us. So yay, she'll be great uh, working for us, but boo that she has to leave the commission to do that. So there are two commission openings right now. One uh, for Boniface has a closing date in the next week or so with the council hopefully making a, an appointment in August. And then Dolores just went into the system today, so it'll follow that in a month or two for a replacement. What would she do? She's customer service staff for us, yeah. She's great at it, yeah. so it'll be good. Yeah. All right, Yeah, so as Julie mentioned, that it is parks and rec month, so one of the things that the rec department is doing for the first time this year, we are actually uh, sponsoring a sporting goods drive. So we are asking residents um, actually donate used, slightly used or new sporting goods. Um, you can drop it off at Robert A. Lee City Park Pool or Mercer Park Pool. Um, we'll take them for the uh, entire month, um, and then at the end of the month, we will actually give them to kids in need or different neighborhood groups who actually need them. So that's something we are doing new this year. Um, I know you guys didn't get a report in June, but. Uh, the city council to get out of the park that they haven't gotten to normally as well. 
and so that was my invitation to the city council and so I can pass that around here as well. I'm grateful for the other individuals that came and spoke as well about City Park Pool uh, at the city council meeting and grateful for their comments uh, that way as well. And so uh, that's it for our chair's report. Um, but now I'll go around if there's any items from the commission. So Rachel, we can start with you. Any items for a future agenda? Um, I spent a lot of time in the cemetery and, and talked with the folks there who work. And they're big tree people and, and want to put in the work and realize that it's kind of our dream for us. And um, yeah, and they were saying that there wasn't a lot of budget for extra trees, but if there was, they would love to plant some. There's some oaks that are um, at the end of life, and, and then I saw here that they have to take a mass tree down. Um, anyway, I, it's not urgent, but it is one of the most beautiful parks yeah. we have. So. That's great. Thank you. Brian, any ideas? Oh, I had a, actually a question, Julie, from your report. Uh, you were talking about updates on parks. I know Court Hill Park is going to get a shelter. Um, this was happening last fall. Yeah. What? So um, Court Hill got the new shelter by the playground. There is still plans for a smaller one by the basketball, and that's one that our own staff is going to put in. At this point, I don't think it's going to happen yet this fall. Um, I don't think it's here yet. So, mm -hmm. but it, that's still it would be a smaller shelter right by the basketball court eventually. Yeah. That's still in the works. It just hasn't happened. Um, just another the stage, you know, I'm not right near Scott Park. Um, there's a lot of space at Scott Park, some that I feel is a little bit underutilized. Um, I think with how open expansive it is, I think there's an opportunity to add you know, another via shelter. Um, I know, like, I'm going to forget the name of the park over on the street, uh, but you know, they have like a community garden or something over there. I think there's a lot of space to be able to utilize something like that. Scott Park or something like that. Um, just, you know, off topic. Yeah. But. Um, I can answer a little bit of that. The largest open spaces in Scott are actually part of the stormwater management for public works. And I've seen all that construction going yeah, on. Yeah, so the unfortunately the areas to the east of the playground, kind of that largest open area with the trail around the outside. Yes. A, it floods when we actually have a regular summer, um, but we can't put any st more structures back in there because it conveys, it would convey stormwater. Same thing with the larger area on the other side of the dog park. That entire area between Scott Park and the dog park is part of the stormwater system. Got so, so also Scott Park acts as a reservoir. Yeah, actually, and so uh, the fields that we have kind of negotiated and we're lucky to have those uh, just as a history. I think you're right though, it does seem like a lot of big open space. Well, and I will say that it's utilized, that field is utilized fantastic. I know they have kind of like an ultimate Frisbee league that goes out there and plays, you know, practices out there all the time. So at least it's, you know, you. Just a comment, Julie and I were talking before the meeting about the pollinator prowl that I'm enjoying so much. If you're not following social media, there's pollinators hidden at, I think, 16 parks around town. You can go and find them. Hashtag, I see pollinator prowl, I think it is. Yeah. Pollinator park prowl. And I don't know if we're eligible for the prizes, but people can go <laughs> and find the, find the pollinators. And, you know, there's a drawing to win prizes at the end. So that's a fun way to get out and see some of the parks if you haven't seen all of them already. And 
then also Aaron, your point about the, the park and the, it being stormwater management and my greenway, Seymour Greenway is stormwater management. So I wonder if that's something that might be a topic for future consideration, maybe all of the stormwater management that happens kind of unseen in the city that we don't, why is this big open field not being used? Because it's stormwater, what's the Sycamore Greenway? Stormwater management, so something that might be interesting for the commission or the public um, general to learn about. I think that would be great, that's a good idea because you're right, a significant portion of our parks is actually public works stormwater management that So just in the nature of putting in plugs for uh, stuff to check out the park, I think we were talking about this before, but I don't think we said it during the meeting, that um, there's a really cool uh, solar system installation uh, along the bike trail in uh, court, between Court Hill Park and McPherson Park um, that uh, was a partnership with Willowbend. And it's a really neat, a lot of people are checking it out. And, and the planets are out there in almost exactly correct locations for relatively to where they are in the solar system. The last one, and I always forget which is the last planet, Pluto, Pluto is just a little off because it's at the edge of the park. So <laughs> we put it as far out as we could, but yeah, very neat project from Willow and that the students came to us and, and we can't take much credit for it, but it's truly awesome. Yeah. Just have a question about, um, you were talking about the four firms last time that were has one been narrowed down? Yes, so the firm, the lead firm is Williams Architects out of um, the Chicago area. They are joined by a number of sub-consultants. Um, Councilman Hunziker is the primary aquatic sub-consultant. They're a group out of Kansas City or St. Louis area um, that does swimming pools around, pretty much around the Midwestern country. <coughs> Um, Barry Dunn, who is part of our rec master plan, will be helping with public input if we go through that in phase two. Um, Hitchcock Design is the landscape architect on the team. They are uh, right now working on the Mercer Athletic Pickleball Tennis Court project for us. Um, and I think it's, I forget the engineering, the other engineering firm, and they had a leak detention detection company that came out of Illinois that was here last week. So there's quite a few different sub-consultant groups. Um, we haven't actually met all of them yet. Like I said, they'll be in town next week. But there are a lot of familiar faces from other projects that we've done. Yeah. All right. Have a motion to adjourn? Motion to adjourn. Is it second? I'll second. Okay. Adjourn. <laughs> all right. Thank you.